Hi, and welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard, the CEO of the National Association of Home Builders, and I'm happy to have my wingman back, uh, Jim To. Well, actually, I don't know who the wingman is. Sometimes he's on point, sometimes I'm on point, but anyway, wingman Tobin is back. Well, yeah, and while you were gone, um, there was a little bit going on here. The uh, Housing Opportunity Index uh, seems to be rising a little bit here in 2019. Initially, you know, we thought that there might be something of a downturn, but the Opportunity Index is staying hovering around 60, which is very, very good for us. But there are still some challenges in terms of inventory, especially among some of the starter home buyers. Well, and I think the the challenge that we have is how do we raise this profile uh, here in Washington, D.C. with policymakers uh, inside and outside the, the White House uh, and trying to make sure that we are we continue to push uh, for the solutions on that supply side. We, 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 we've got to make sure that we're getting the bottom end of the market working with first-time home buyers and that first-time move-up home buyers, which we think really is going to drive the market, pulling people out of rental opportunities, freeing up the rental space and keeping rents down, then also moving the top end of the market as well. Well, I, I think you're right, Jim. And I got to tell you that um, last week I was in New York City and uh, I was on the Stuart Varney show. And Varney just wants to talk about housing affordability, what's causing it. He's particularly in line with us on regulatory stuff. You're watching housing affordability for the first time, I think, in my career, really take a national priority uh, inside the press. But it's being noticed on the Hill. We are testifying on housing affordability issues. We are testifying... Uh, on supply side issues, particularly, uh, we have for the, the the majority in Congress asking questions to our members about what's driving uh, what's driving the the supply side constraints we see in multifamily and also single family, and actually focusing on what the federal government can do to help local governments clear that regulatory underbrush to spur more and more development. And the White House is picking up on this. The the research department that Rob Dietz leads has is produced excellent cost of housing documents that are driving the debate inside the White House on housing affordability. We're starting to see more and more traction out of the White House as well. You know, I took two comments on that. Number one is we need our listeners to keep pushing this message at home. Um, We know that the builders around the country are really, really struggling, particularly to build that first-time home buyer product. They need to hit that home uh, through their state and local associations and through their own interactions in their own neighborhoods. I mean, when you're, when, you're, when you're talking to your friends and neighbors, tell them that housing affordability is getting to be a problem, and that's something that's really unacceptable to us as Americans. The second point I wanted to make is you mentioned multifamily, and uh, Paul Lopez and I, when we were in New York last week, uh, also met with the new Wall Street Journal reporter who's covering multifamily. And the whole topic of that conversation was on affordability in the multifamily arena as well. So um, we're making progress here, but we've got to keep beating the drum and, and get things uh, going on. And, and along those lines, Jim, I want you to tell the listeners, uh, one of the highlights of your year is coming up uh, in less than a month, our legislative conference. Tell everybody what's going to happen and how they can get involved. Yeah, we've got a great a great lineup on uh, on June fifth. We welcome everyone back to to NHB and Washington D.C. for the first time in two years uh, for the uh, NHB Legislative Conference. We've got a great agenda set up in the morning. We've got Senator John Barrasso from Wyoming, third ranking Republican in the Senate, speaking to our membership on on Wednesday morning, and then we also have James Clyburn, uh, third ranking member of the 
Democratic majority in the House also addressing our, our members on that morning. We've got a great list of topics that we're asking our members to go to Capitol Hill on. Housing affordability being the lead umbrella item with all of those spokes underneath that umbrella. Workforce development, uh, regulatory rollbacks, uh, energy codes, uh, flood insurance, uh, GSE reform, a, a, a great a great lineup of topics that are really relevant right now for all of the work we were just talking about. So we'd really like to encourage you, if you haven't already registered, to come to Washington. The more members we have on Capitol Hill, the bigger uh, impact we have on the policymaking process. So, Jim, I want to congratulate you and your team in advance on putting this together. Uh, it'll be a great event, and we're looking forward to it. And that's something that we should be really, really proud of. That's right. And, I, and, I'd, all, and I'd ask that it's it, not just here in D.C., or I'd add, not just here in D.C., we're seeing more and more governors and state and local governments take up the mantle of ownership. Governor Baker in, in Massachusetts is driving a housing bill. Gavin Newsom out in California driving housing affordability. I mean, we have reached a, a tipping point when it comes, to the, the, it comes to the ability for people to afford a home or an apartment, uh, and that's due to NHB's outsized influence in this space. That's right. We've created an opportunity for ourselves as an industry. Uh, the only way we can succeed is not only by us keeping up the pressure here in Washington, but by our listeners staying engaged and active uh, in their hometowns as well. That's right. Jim, you know, you mentioned that uh, workforce development is one of the issues that's, that's troubling us. And, and to that end, we're pleased to have with us today the CEO and president of the National Housing Endowment, uh, Mark Purcell. Uh, Mark has uh, uh, been with uh, the Housing Endowment now for just a little over a year. Uh, and this is his second time with the NHB family. Uh, I was fortunate enough to hire Mark to head our conventions and meetings department uh, eight or ten years ago. He left for a, a brief respite, then realized what he was missing and came back. And Mark, we're glad to have you here. I'm, I'm glad to be back, Jerry. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you and Jim. And why don't you tell the listeners what the Housing Endowment does? Well, the Housing Endowment goes back about 25 years. Our flagship program is our HELP program, where we fund 37 university programs in construction management education. Uh, we find in schools that do have construction management, it's often focused on heavy or commercial construction. So we come in and help hire faculty, develop curriculum, and we've got about uh, 4,000 students that are active right now in our construction management programs across the United States. We just added Cal Poly uh, uh, and Clemson. Uh, to our roster of schools. Oh, easy, Mark. I, you know, I'm, I'm went sorry. to South Carolina. I don't want to hear about those Clemson Tigers. <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, tell, tell me, what's the challenge that you see out there? We, we, we know, uh, we just saw the, one of the highest readings in, in job openings in the construction industry this month, mm -hmm. 360,000. I, it's, it's, I think it's the highest reading since they've been keeping Jolt's data you know, for decades now. What's the challenge that you see in, in you know, your mission to bring more people into the construction trades? But, 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 but tell me, what, what's, what are the impediments that you're trying to fix? Well, about two years ago, we, we pivoted to uh, skilled workforce training programs. We started something called the Skilled Labor Fund. It's a partnership with National Kitchen and Bath Association, the National Association of the Remodeling Industries, and with SGC Horizon that publishes Professional Builder and Professional Remodeler, we started a fund to, to help support workforce training programs. And I, I see a supply and demand. Uh, the demand side is the societal and cultural pressures for young people going through high school to go to a four-year university program. Um, and then on the, on the supply side, it's the number of programs that are out there, the opportunities 
for kids to not only be trained, but to learn about careers in the trades, um, about the money that they, that's available, that they can make, the salaries, uh, the wages have been going up as, as Rob Dietz has been tracking, uh, and the entrepreneurship opportunities are, are great within the trade. So communicating that um, to high school kids, to their parents, to school administrators, et cetera, et cetera, all the influencers on young people today is, has been an effort of, of the whole industry, uh, and it's one that we're focused on. Uh, the, I'm old enough to remember when we had shop classes <laughs> in junior high and high school, and kids learned about the trades, uh, developed some experience, and, and tried to figure out if they had an interest in going that way. Those programs are largely gone, so it's incumbent upon us uh, to go in and to recreate the, those programs, to bring in the curriculum, to bring in the faculty, and, and to start those programs. And I'm, I'm happy to report that uh, we really got into it last year. We started with 15 high schools in the Northeast. Uh, now we've got 27 high schools wow. in, in California, um, and we're going to expand to even more schools this year. Uh, as a matter of fact, this week um, is the deadline for applications from our HBAs. Um, we've been real focused this year on, on developing a relationship with local home builder associations and, and BIAs across the country. So we'll be supporting them directly in two areas. One is the funding of actual workforce training programs. And the other one is to help support career fairs so we can bring kids in, uh, teach them about the trades. They can meet professionals. They can touch the tools. Um, we, we started in Iowa. Uh, they've got a great program called Build My Future. Uh, they'll put 4,500 kids through those programs wow. this year at four different events across the state. It's kind of our model. Uh, right now, we've got somewhere in the area of 40 HBAs that are interested in the career fair activity. So it's bringing middle school and high school kids in, uh, boys and girls, men and women, and, and showing them the opportunities that are out there. So uh, we got a lot going on this year. So those are partnerships with, with HBAs to, to do that, or...? We prefer to work with schools and school districts that have a strong relationship with the HBAs for a number of reasons. One is guest speakers, site visits, um, bringing in builders and contractors to, to, so the kids can see that these are successful professionals and there's an opportunity for me here. Um, but also the end game is about placement. So we want that relationship in the training programs, in the career fairs, um, so when the kids are ready uh, to go to work, they've got a place to go, and that relationship is in place. So to all our listeners out there, there's a real opportunity for your local association through the National Housing Endowment um, to build upon whatever workforce development programs you might have or to even start new ones. And I got to tell you, I was out in Iowa recently in Des Moines, uh, and the work of uh, Jay Iverson, the state EO, and Tim Ruth, a builder who is a true believer in workforce development, has even their efforts have risen to the attention of Governor Reynolds out there. We went in to talk to the governor, and the first thing she wanted to talk about was the next event she was going to go to uh, with the builders and their workforce development. So to you listeners, getting this done not only helps you uh, create jobs and bring your costs down and get your, jo your, your jobs working better for you on the job site, but it also will help you build up your association's reputation in your state for being uh, not just a good business group, but a group that cares about the future of your state and locals. I, I think it's a great program you're running, Mark. 724,000 new job openings between now and 
2024 in residential construction. Where are those people going to come from? It, it, it's incumbent upon us as an industry to get out there, to introduce the trades as, as a viable, rewarding, and profitable career path to young people because uh, we need them on the job site. It's, you, you're talking about affordability, and it directly impacts housing affordability and availability. Bids go up, et cetera, et cetera. The good news is we're seeing a, a, a change in the tide with regards to school systems, with principals and teachers, our understanding they have to offer another path to a good number of kids in their schools. The, the four-year path is, is expensive. It's not for everybody. Um, and they've got to have an alternative. And we think a residential construction offers a lot of opportunity for these kids. I say it's, a, it's such a huge portion of, of when, when, when I travel around the country, they always are talking about workforce is, the, is one of, if not the biggest constraint on supply side right now. So the work you're doing, Mark, is, uh, is, is, is wonderful. Thank you. And uh, details can be found at nationalhousingendowment.org. Uh, the applications are right on our homepage right now. So I encourage everyone to take a look, reach out to us. You can contact me through that website. Happy to answer any questions and, and to help you get started. Yeah. Well, Mark, uh, we're really grateful uh, for the work you're doing. We're really, really happy to have you back. It's, it's great to have you back in the fold. Uh, and, uh, you know, anything that NHB as, as the overarching umbrella here can help you with, you know, all you got to do is ask me and Jim anytime. NHB has been a great supporter of the endowment through the years. Uh, specifically this year, they're really helping us out with the skilled labor fund. Uh, we've set up some matching funds where we've kicked in some money. Some of our supplier donors have kicked in some money. NHB has kicked in. So it's really leveraging the resources across the Federation. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks very much. Thanks.